Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Do you like the great outdoors? Are you or are you looking to be a master bow hunter, king of the hill in archery? You're in the right place. Welcome to Bow Hunter Planet. It's the Bow Hunter Planet podcast, recorded live in the BHP Studios, Detroit, Michigan, with your host, Team BHP. The Bow Hunter Planet Podcast is proudly presented by Vanguard Outdoors, Rax Inc., and Crossman Air Rifles. Enjoy the show. Hello, and welcome to the BowhunterPlanet.com podcast. This is myself, Dave Thompson, tonight, along with Brian Bauer, and we might be joined by Kevin or someone else who's coming in. And uh, tonight we are talking about, well, we don't really know, but that's okay. We are going to probably discuss a couple key things, but before we get started, I do want to have a special thanks to um, Lancaster Archery for sending us a whole bunch of cool promo stuff, including some really cool hats to keep out the show, and uh, a Bow Life magazine here, or Lancaster Archery Supply magazine, which is huge. And again, 85,000 products at Lancaster. Very wow. exciting. That's a ton. Dude, they got so much stuff in here, I don't even know where to start. You got Levi on the front. That's cool. Yeah, Levi on the front of this thing. Pretty sweet. Uh, but if you don't have this catalog, you definitely want it. And Kevin is blue. Blue's back on. Okay. So um, anyway, I thought it would be fun to talk about Hawaii a little bit, you know, <laughs> hunting out of state. And uh, Kevin Kevin and I went to Hawaii recently, and um, I thought it would be fun tonight to talk a little bit about what Kevin learned there about the locals and then, you know, transition that into some fun hunting stuff that I have good topics for. So Kevin, tell us about what you learned about Hawaii hunting. Well, we, uh, when we were just out, we were staying in Kona, just outside the city and, uh, we rented a house and the next door neighbor had all kinds of like, uh, target up for archery and all kinds of, uh, like, uh, horns from different sheep that he'd hunted and stuff so I just happened to talk to him a little bit and say you know yeah how do you you know how's hunting in Hawaii he basically said that they can hunt 365 days a year wow um because there's a lot of of animals and things there that are not indigenous to Hawaii so they can go ahead and hunt them wow and they can hunt goats they can hunt um there's turkeys, there's goats, there's cattle, wild so cattle. Weird. They, so cattle? weird. They wow. have wild cattle. What? Way back when the somebody donated or 
gave a gift to the king, King Kamehameha the Third or whatever, and they were cattle. And the Hawaiians had no idea what to do with cattle, so they just kind of like, they like ran around. They didn't even pen them up or anything, and they just, the population huh? exploded, and they had a couple of uh, stampedes through some villages and stuff, <laughs> killed some people and stuff, so they drove them all up into the mountains, and wow, they're still there today. That's pretty cool. And uh, he he told me he hasn't bought meat in like five years. He's wow. crazy. Goes out hunting. I never really, honestly, I never really thought Hawaii would be a, a destination for hunting. It's never been like well, a thought of mine. It's yeah. not but really. A lot of people don't know about it. I think they like it that way. Yeah, yeah. I mean, to be honest, though, it would be really rugged hunting. I mean, I took, we, I went for a walk with uh, one of the people we were with, and we and Kevin went for part of it, but it was basically a five-mile downhill that turned into an uphill. You know, when you on the way back, you have to go up the hill. And uh, here's the thing about, like, hunting and training right like I, I mean we hunt flatland you know we're in the midwest right. we're not hunting like colorado mountains or anything and and although i do think that there is a, a place for that for sure i would suggest that in hawaii if you're hunting the the local the goats if you're not used to going up like you know i, I walked basically in that five mile stretch i walked up it was like 89 flights of stairs pretty much oh and God. I really thought I was going to die. So, like, hunting was the least <laughs> thing on my mind. What's the temperature yeah. like there? Least. Is it real humid or is no, it? No, it's perfect. It's just perfect. Oh, it's not bad. But it's not the temperature. It's the problem. The sun, I mean, the sun was beating on us. Yeah. But there are, there's two, two issues here. There's there's that. So, and here's the thing. And just to level set with people so they understand, I actually had worked out a lot before this trip. Like, a lot. Now, when I say workout, there's a couple different. There's strength training, which I did not do. And there's cardio, which is what I did. Mm-hmm. So, Cardio-wise, I should have no problem being able to handle this, you know, five miles. But strength-wise, my legs were shaking, you know, because as you're talking uphill muscles that I wasn't trained with or using. So anyway, so you got that portion, right? It, my point here in the story is it'd be very hard to hunt this landscape, especially with these hills. The other problem is the lava. And they have two types of lava there, and one is – and I'm not talking hot lava. I'm talking hard lava. Oh, okay. I'm talking I'm rocky terrain. Okay. Rocky, rocky train, and one is called, I think, Aha or Aa, and it's real sharp, ri- rigid, sharp like glass. And then there's another one which I don't know the name of, but it's what is it? Bahoy hoy, bahoy hoy, That one's more smooth, but still, I mean, you don't oh, want to yeah. fall on this stuff. It's very sharp. Yeah. So. I, I wouldn't hunt in Hawaii is my point here. Unless I'm going with a guide. And, and even then, I'm telling you, everything was hills. Like, I just can't imagine no, someone make, like... You actually bring up a really good point, though, because, uh, you know, back in the day, hunting was you just stay in your state most of the time. And now now you really got to get ready for these hunts and train and, and get physically fit, right? I mean, yeah. if you're going to spend all this money to go to Colorado on an elk hunt or something, right? You want to be able to, to hang with the guide and, and go wherever and, and be able to... To get that animal, right? Yeah. So I think that's a lot more popular, too, I will now. say these guys look like they're in pretty good shape. Oh, that's cool. You know, I mean, you live out there. You're rocking For sure. it every day. That and, would be uh, that would be so... I mean, when you say cattle, you mean like a cow walking around, right? I didn't I mean, see them, so I don't know, okay. but I, I don't know. I you just know? can't imagine, like, bow hunting. But they have... Oh, know? they have wild pigs. They have wild pigs. They also have access deer. Oh, okay, I've heard of those before. Those are smaller ones, right? The deer are small, but he uh, he had a couple of racks in it. Were pretty nice. Pretty big, huh? They're pretty big. I mean, you could tell it's a you know special kind, but yeah. Um, and they have like he told me that he goes to the island of Molokai for that. Okay. And I don't know if you've 
heard of the island of Molokai mm-hmm. way back in ancient times or whatever. That's where it was where the leper colonies were. Huh. But now they're you know it's just another Hawaiian island. But he said that I forget the. He said you could drive across the whole island in like 10, 15 minutes or something. It's not real big. Wow. And there's 60,000 access deer on this thing. Oh, Jeez. my God. So, now, uh, what you say, are those all the, the animals that you just listed, those are all that are not native to Hawaii? I don't think <coughs> any of them are native to what? Hawaii. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah. They were brought there by, you know, like Well, ship, nobody's ships native to Hawaii. And stuff like that. That's the thing. If you, if you go back to the history, it's actually quite interesting, that the, at least what I picked up on. What, how I understood it is that people came over, I don't know the the background of the people. Um, to he, well, before First Tahiti, people the, I'm talking. Yeah, it was like the were, um, Patagonians. I can't remember the. Yeah, something like that. Patagonians. They, they came over on boats. They found it. like Kind of like the movie Moana, I think is what it really is, honestly. <laughs> like They came over on these boats. They landed on it. They lived there for years and uh, for a long time probably. And then eventually another set of people came who then... Uh, made them slaves and enslaved them, took over the lands, which is the natives now of Hawaii. And over time, only in the last, I think, I don't, I want to say it took a hundred years for them to colonize themselves into basically those chain of islands being Hawaii is one mm-hmm. country or state, whatever you want to call it at the time. More than a hundred years. No, it was... uh, had rule. It took a hundred. I remember them saying a hundred years. I remember thinking only one century is how old their history is with this one to have a king and ruling. It was only a hundred years of rule. And then after that, uh, the, uh, U S came and this is when the, uh, uh, Dole pineapple people were already on the lands and they wanted the United States to own Hawaii. There was some political stuff there so that they would get incentives and shipping. And well, anyway, in long story short, they imploded basically on the inside out because they're chain you know you have a child he has to have a boy he has to have a boy right that kind of like fell apart and um and that was that and then obviously after i didn't realize that united states has only owned hawaii for you know not that long like i didn't realize it was like in the late 50s or 60s 55, when, when they actually so took control state. i couldn't oh, believe wow. it was that like recent but i guess after world war ii it makes sense you know they're not going to give up that chain that's, oh, right. that's, it's a doorway to military. the east you know oh yeah plus military yeah you th- i always you know growing up you think oh they bombed hawaii that was a state in the united states it wasn't a state in the united states at the time yeah i didn't yeah i didn't realize that it's like they just but it, it was it was our fort. american territory or whatever yeah right it was but, a territory i think and but my point is i think like you know people get mad about this takeover of lands because there was people who protested that we ended up acquiring hawaii from hawaii and or joining with them but the thing is, is that if you really look at the history of anything, it's all brutal. It's all bad. I mean, let's be honest. Like, even they came and took it from the people who originally were there, is my point. It's, right. not, like, and it's not like we went in there and brutally took it. You know what I mean? It was a, it was a common decision. But they said that when they voted for state fo- statehood, 85% of the population voted for statehood. The Their United population. States. And ours said no for many years. The southern south did not want to take, they weren't part of the, the original yeah. states. Oh, they wow. said, we don't want that as a state. And I was saying in my head, like, why would you not want this place? It's amazing, you know? Right. But I get it, you know, because to them, that you weren't the original people that were here. But no one was even original to the United States, too, right? So, I mean, you yeah. can kind of look at things right. in different ways. Well, but isn't that anyway. Puerto Rico is kind of on the border right now, too, right? Well, that's another one. I mean, if we're already a territory, you might as well just take it and fix it. I mean, it. they, I they mean, say Puerto Rico, and then there's something with U.S. built into the name now, sort of. So it's like it's could happen soon. You never know, yeah. right? Surprised by that one. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. But definitely not talking about the moon lanes tonight. 
<laughs> no, but uh, I was thinking, uh, um, I saw a post online and they talked about another uh, episode of the podcast, but it was just about like what you, what you think is the worst part of the archery industry. And I heard it, I didn't get to talk in this one. So it was hard for me to sit in the sidelines and listen to these guys talking about it. Cause I was like, man, there's so many things I love to talk about, but really uh, the biggest thing for me though, and, and people still say it and I don't understand why and is is the question was you know proposed what's what's the worst thing about the hunting industry right now and not everybody but a couple people had to say crossbows that anybody can use a crossbow like oh that was on a forum or something you read yeah no 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 we saw i saw the post on different websites so i post on our website because i thought man that's an interesting question to see what people's thoughts are um, and I just I can't believe the crossbow one still comes up. Like I just I mean, obviously it's so, so far the gone. The stigmatism, now. right? Is is if you you as being a bow hunter, right? We're very like very uh, stingy on our land, right? We don't want the less hunters, the better. The less people, the better, because you know you got to get in close with the animal, right? So now all of a sudden they they legalize crossbows. So then the stigmatism is okay. Now all of a sudden here comes all the gun hunters now, mm-hmm. and I don't yeah. know if I I. I I haven't I see seen a big issue. influx. I haven't right? seen an issue in this scenario. I mean, I, at all. I know some people that probably wouldn't be out hunting during archery now because they yeah. can use a crossbow, but I haven't seen that issue. Number one, number two, it's done so many great things for this industry in, in the weirdest way. Number one, it increased sales dramatically. The, the everybody who shot a bow is like, you know what? I'm going to grab a crossbow just because maybe today it's going to pour rain and I don't want to ruin my twelve hundred dollar new bow, but I'll buy this four hundred dollar crossbow. Right. Or it's too cold, or it's too hot. Whatever the scenario. For me, the biggest thing about crossbows isn't the fact that I can shoot a crossbow to kill an animal. It's that it allowed me and a lot of people I know to take their children out to shoot a deer for the first time. Oh, for sure. That influence in children's lives at that early age of seven, eight, six, you know, I mean, that's a big difference between starting then and starting when they're 12 or 14 and they have to shoot a compound. Think of how long it's going to take that child or, to shoot a deer or, or with a compound gun, you know? Think of how long it took us oh. to get our first deer on public land. Now, I'm saying public. you got to remember, everybody, not everybody owns land. Not everybody has land access. That's important because you can't just assume, oh, well, to kill a doe, that's no big deal. Let's go in my backyard and shoot in a right. second. Yeah, for you it is, but for majority of people it is not. Right. Uh, we have zero access. Our was, hunting land is luckily through people and friends. I, I was friends. 18, I think, the first time I got my first doe. First deer. That's what I'm it saying. It's not as simple yeah. as people make it out. My, my thing is you don't know what other people's shoes are. So if you sat in my shoes when I was growing up, you would you'd be lucky to get a deer yourself. I don't care who you are. I don't care if you're Lee and Tiffany. I don't care who you are. Right. You would struggle the same way we struggled on state land, walking two miles to bait a spot because there was no other way to hunt it. You couldn't put food plots in. You couldn't. Right. If you didn't do bait, you'd be lucky to see a deer. I mean, lucky. You'd be like literally see a tail go by if you were lucky. See, I think what you, you know? were saying too with the uh, with the sales, it's not just people that are just coming in and just buying crossbows that are gun hunters, right? It's People that have compound bows, like, like I own a crossbow mm-hmm. as well, right? And um, so it's the people that own bows that are also buying them as well. And, and some of the reasons why I have one is, you know, they're pretty cool, number one. Number two is is it depends on what blind I'm going to sit in, right? Some blinds aren't set up for, for a compound bow, but I can set up in a, a different blind that is just set up for a gun, right? But then I can use my point. crossbow instead. So that's yeah. strategically, that's why I would decide, okay, today I'm going to hunt in this blind, so I'm going to take the crossbow. 
tomorrow I'm going to hunt out of the stand, you know, because if it's raining, I don't want to sit out in the in the rain, right? So if I'm going to go yeah. into a blind, then I probably would switch to the crossbow, you know? I, I like it because it's so lethal. How many people do you know that don't practice with their bow enough and go out and hunt and wound and wound so many deer and never recover them, but they go out with a crossbow and they put that deadly shot on and they're able to take meat home. So, you know, a good more, point. more power to them. You know, yeah. the same guy that's that's complaining like, oh, I don't want these crossbows out here. You know, probably wounded five deer last year and didn't find any of them, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, I hate to say it, but yeah. there's a lot of guys out there that – have no problem wounding deer and say, oh, I didn't, you know, I shot another one, but I didn't find Well, look it. at these I people out it. shed hunting, right? They're not just finding sheds. They're finding deer that have been yeah. shot that haven't been found, right? So yep. yeah. there's, there's, that's a negative side sometimes of, of not practicing enough, right? So it's, you know, it's a lethal weapon. It's a legal way to hunt, you know, and I think it opens up, you know, let's face it, the sport in general of hunting is going down. So if yeah. this opens it up to more people to keep it going, I'm I agree. For, I'm all for We're it. We're in a bad time right now. I don't think people realize that getting kids involved, this is the hottest time it needs to happen. In fact, this is something that we're talking about internally here a lot, just trying to figure out ways to make this happen. Um, our, you know, I've been talking to Jamie. One of our plans is to engage our ambassadors to start working on this project with the BHP Kids concept. And I, I don't know what else we do. We're going to have to raise money. We're going to have to get companies involved we're going to have to, if they don't do it, it's their loss. There's no, there's no way around this. That's their industry. Their future customers, it's their industry, you know? dude. We're a podcast. Sure. We're a website. We're not that big of a deal. We're just here to help. But that's, we don't make our living doing this like they do. And if you don't build these kids up now, you're not going to have a bow to sell in five years. You know, you can pay target shooters and all these people, all oh, this is God for all this crazy money when actually you should be investing some of that money into the growth of the industry instead, not into target shooters. No offense to target shooters. I know you guys are great and do a good job. I'm just saying you don't need $500,000, make it 300,000. It's all I'm trying to say. Cut a little bit back from your budgets and put it into something like a kid's care, a kid's program. There's got to be a way to do it, to strengthen it. You know, it doesn't matter who you are. You got to, you know, even just normal hunters, right? I mean, donate to these projects that are going to be coming up hopefully that we come up with one we're working on but these projects are important like if they're not done right then the the risk is too great i mean there'll be no there'll be no future (laughs) and there's just not a lot of hunting and there's just not people i think they forget that you know when when we first started out not us personally but humans you know you didn't just go over to taco bell or kroger or meyer and just go ahead and just buy your food right like you actually had to go out and and gather it and hunt it, yeah. you know, and either grow it, you know, crops, and that's how we ate. You didn't just, I mean, and, and then can all you of a sudden, that? can you imagine how hard that would be? Right, you have to kill an animal, skin it, for cut your it family up, family to live, eat it. Right? You have to cook it for all the family and in, in the community, whoever's in your community. Right. So the guys would go out and hunt, and tra- but with the worst of tools, you know. Not, but the thing, my point here is, even if you went out to hunt with your tools today. It would still not be the easiest oh, no. transition. The, you can shoot way further than they could shoot with those tools they had, you know. But think yeah. about the pressure and the, and the responsibility of you going out to feed your family. Like, that's, I mean, it yeah. was what it was. It's not, now, you know, we, we we like the meat and stuff that we get, but it's, if something happens and we have a bad season, we don't get a deer that year, then we just, obviously, you go, we, to, yeah. go to Meyer and go buy food, right? It's a great so, point. It's just people that are so anti-hunting. 
right now, I just I think they don't. I really feel sorry for those think people. About it, you know? I well, just I feel think sorry you're for talking them. about what is get the it. biggest problem in the industry. One of the biggest problems in the industry is hunters against hunters. That's the biggest one, yeah. Social and media, this is right? exactly it. This it's crossbow, like, the arrow bow, all these I different mean, issues. The last like, thing we need is to be fighting amongst each other. We got enough people out there. It's unfortunate. And I think a lot of that has to do with uh, uh, people. There's a lot of age range in hunting. And I think that's one of the issues, too, is like you're not talking like like all of us are kind of the same age range, you know. But you, you get some kids in there who, who are a little bit like, you know, online. There's like, oh, get rid of crossbows or, get, you know, they don't care. They know they're not going to get in trouble for saying that. You know what I mean? They just love to spur it, spur some sort of response. And yeah. it's fine. I, I get it. And that's the issue with the Internet, though. It's like that's what's going to happen. There's no way around it. I mean, we've never filmed a video and not taken some criticism. We've never. But the thing is, is for every bad thing that's ever happened to us with like you know posts and people commenting there's also like another hundred that have been positive there's right. been so many people have said to me oh I'm, i bought this bow now thanks for this video this is great you know i got a chance to see it that happens all the time that's like nothing new like i see these these comments to me all the time and there's also other positive keep doing what you guys are doing and no one does anything like you guys i mean mm-hmm. these are important facts that you know hey are we different than everybody else and are we doing something good i think we are you know and mm-hmm. it, if we're not you know we're dedicated. I think it's a different aspect that you don't see in the industry. Everybody's out for money, and we're actually not. Right. I think that actually helps because you get more. You'll get more response, and people are more apt to, you know, you get more want to learn review and stuff too. You know, exactly. For but sure. um, anyway, back to Hawaii. That was that was a great experience though, and it, you know the core. The, um, now the one thing I want to bring up about Hawaii, you know, about how hard it is and everything. So the guy told me he said. You got about four hours to find your deer oh. and get it skinned. Oh, really? oh think about none it. Of, none of this leaving it overnight or anything like uh-huh. that. If you don't get to that deer mm. or animal, whatever it may be, and he said they skin it right there in the field because he said you got to start getting it cooled down right away. Hmm. So yeah, they you. Get to, they get to them and they skin them out and too hot. Them up it's not that hot though. I wouldn't say it's like Georgia. I mean, it's not well, like the South. It was the 80. South's worse. I mean, nah, but it's not like that kind I mean, of. They heat. have they have flies. It like was eighty, to, but I didn't they, feel like I never felt like oh my gosh, I'm so hot right now. I but in like a D in the South, like in Florida. Yeah, <laughs> can you imagine shooting a deer? I wouldn't even find fun in that, like shooting the right. deer and have to rush. Just like when we rushed to get your deer last year when it rained, like it was just raining. It wasn't even that big of a deal, but we had because we didn't want to lose the blood. Right. But down there, you're rushing so that an alligator don't eat it or something else. Do they come. have flies and stuff like we have here? Mm, I didn't see a single bug. Actually, I had a lizard they, fall on they, my they, neck. They are, uh, there are, it like, but it's a gecko. Not, they're not I bad. But you know what? We were depending on the side of the island you're on too. There's rainforest, and then the rainforest. I'm sure there's bugs. I've never seen anything like Hawaii, and I know Tim has been there a long time ago. But I, I, I just remember the things I remember the most are obviously the villa thing we stayed in was absolutely amazing. And these beautiful wood doors that you know had different like apartments almost to it. But then you open these doors, and there's this community area, and it was awesome. So all outside like a pergola type thing, and mm-hmm. but it was all you know enclosed and TVs. It was beautiful, and the overlook was you could see the ocean. It was far out, but you could see it. And then I remember the beaches, like unbelievable. Like you would just be driving, and you see all you see is lava rock, right? Just chunks of rock everywhere. Nothing like I've ever seen in my life. Just rock. And all of a sudden, you go down this trail and you look, and there's this beautiful white beach sand. Like, it's just like hidden, like in this little. And there'd be a ton of people in there. You're like, what the heck? And there's like sea turtles just laying on the, like, chilling, black sand beaches. I mean, I, and then there's, there's a green sand beach, which we didn't see when we were there, but uh, um, 
my brother cool. and sister in law saw it and they said it was really cool. They got to go see the lava actually pouring out, which is cool. That oh, was a wow. pretty big hike. They did twelve mile hike for that. Wow. I didn't do that one. I was like I was done after my <laughs> five mile adventure. Yeah, That's that funny. was uh they they were pretty tired. Yeah, that that would have been twelve yeah. miles one way or no both. Yeah, okay. both, but still hell yeah, for sure. But like four miles and then two miles uphill. I mean up mountain and then two miles down oh. mountain and, and it was across. Like it was across lava that was all uneven and stuff like that. And actually, definitely bring some water the, with you. We were there uh, what in mid February? Is that when we were there? February first, one of the guides died out there. Really, I didn't hear that. You didn't know that? No, I didn't hear. Yeah, that. one of the guides who take people out there to see the lava. They had wow. uh, they had there's this like sulfur and stuff comes off of the volcano mm-hmm. and. St- you know, and typically the wind is blowing it out to sea. But once in a while they have this thing called an inversion where it changes directions and they get, it's called not fog, but vog, volcanic right. fog. And apparently it's, Suffocated? you can't see, you can't see your hand in front of your face and it's got, you know, you, it's not good air. It's oh, suffocating. Right. And he got his two people that he was guiding behind a rock and they stayed down. I think he was trying to go for help and, you know, he got overcome by the fumes and oh, hit his man. head and didn't make it. Did the lava get him? No, he just had a... He just passed out? Yeah, he probably, pa- well, he probably passed out from the lack of oxygen and then hit his head and had a head oh. injury And by the time they got to him. And he had been a guide. He was like a well-known guide and everybody in the island. When we were there, it rained almost every day, and they said that uh, that's because that guy died and, and, uh, oh. and Pele was... Upset or upset. something. Oh. Yeah. So huh. I wonder if too if he's been there all those years. Maybe if it's just the accumulation of all that smoke over time. You know, I don't know. No, that it was. <laughs> I, mean, I don't know. <laughs> it was a. Uh, this conversation <laughs> sucks. Let's I move know. on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, um, so. <laughs> probably because it hurts when you step on it. Yeah. Tim made a comment in the background. He said, "You know why they call it the lava ah." Uh uh-uh. uh, he said. Because you step on it, you go ah ah ah. Because it's very sharp. It was no joke type lava. Yeah. Uh, but anyways, Hawaii's beautiful. If you if you're listening, and haven't been there, you absolutely need to go. Um, the plane ride did suck, but we came from Detroit, so it's Detroit to Seattle to Hawaii to Hawaii to California to Detroit. So, it, but um, everything was great. Snorkeling. People were amazing. Snorkeling, Snorkeling is amazing. You can see some of those videos on our Experience Wild Network. I'll post some of those. But the snorkeling was absolutely incredible. Um, just a great Diving time. with the, uh, oh, the manta rays. Manta rays. Oh, like my it's, gosh. Dude, they go right by you. Just their mouth full open just eating while you go right by you. They're like like 10, the ones with the their wingspans big like mouth. 10 feet. Is that the one they, that killed no, that? No, that's, that's a stingray. That's that's a stingray. It looks like a stingray, but it's, right. it's, it's got a huge mouth. And they call opens. them the gentle giants. Oh, okay. They're so cool. So cool. And usually you don't get to see them in the daytime, and they happen to be out the day we were there. So cool. And they swam, kept swimming around we us. We swam with them for at least a half hour. Yeah, dude, they just more. kept going. There's two of them. They kept going around the boat and stuff. And That's we just, cool. Dude, it was really, really cool. But well, There um, was probably 10 of them out there. Have you been to Hawaii, Brian? No, I've never been. You no. guys plan to go maybe? You guys talk no, about it's, it? It's on the list to, to you know, as a destination. We'll to give go. you that guy's number because that place we stayed sure. at was great. And it was a house, and it's you know, you cool. it a lot easier that way. And maybe we'll go back with you, so let me know. Because <laughs> I would like to go back. <laughs> Tim, Tim's like, BHP. <laughs> yeah. Pitchers. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, for sure. Hunt. We'll go back and hunt. 
Yeah, I ain't hunting. You can hunt. I'm not even filming. I'm not even filming. That's how hard it would be to follow anybody up those rigid we'll trains. Go, we'll go uh, uh, on uh-uh. No, what, what do you call that with the um, spear fishing? I'm telling you right now. We'll go spear fishing. You gave up on the five-mile uphill. You're not hunting there. Oh, I know that. You. I didn't say me. It was unbelievable terrain. Like, and, it was, and here's the other thing I saw. When I was walking down that hill and, and on the way up, there was, and you saw a little bit of this, but there was, the, there was these real thick bushes. And there was huge hog holes tunneling through them, through the trail, back out. And you could see where the hogs were eating on the edge. And I told uh, one of the kids I was with, we were com- I was just me and him coming back. He's like a 14-year-old kid. And I said, uh, he was with the, with the families we were with. I said, dude, if you fall here or if you were to, like, you know, say you died right here or passed out, you, you could possibly get pulled away by a hog. <laughs> <laughs> you would not be found if no one was walking there. I mean, there's a lot of people walk that trail, right. so you would definitely get seen. But okay. if you were there for, like, two nights and no one walked around, those hogs would eat you alive there. Did, no, you, no. Ever, did you ever tell Shannon what I saw? No, she did find out, though, somehow. Not well, maybe mom Get me her. in trouble because you... <laughs> so this guy sees a ten foot shark and doesn't tell any tell anybody. Tells me, of course. Oh, don't say anything. Don't say anything. Wait, I'm like, <laughs> it was in the water as everyone else is in the water. No, 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 no. Oh, okay. we went when he did his hike to go snorkeling. Me and my other friend, we turned, we said we're not doing this. So we went down. There was a beach we could drive down to. It was a state park. We we just found it on the map. We said, oh, this ain't far away. Let's go there. So we go there, and as we're getting out, we're getting we're gonna go snorkeling and. This guy goes by, he goes, I wouldn't go in the water. And we're like, why? He goes, there's a shark in there. And we're like, you know, there's sharks, you know. We're like, well, right. whatever, you know, it's sharks. You know, there's sharks in the water all the time. I go, no, I go well, how big was it? He goes, did you see Jaws? <laughs> I'm like, yeah. He goes, well, it looked like Jaws to me. I'm like, yeah, right. So we go a little farther, and there's a lady working for the state park. And she says, yeah, guys, nobody, we don't want anybody in the water. We got a dead dolphin over here. <laughs> And uh, washed up on shore, and we got a report of a shark. So I'm like, all right. So I go over. I said, I'm going to go see this dolphin. And there's like, there's like guys from the Ocean Institute there taking measurements and trying to see what happened to this dolphin. In the meantime, all of a sudden, there's the shark about literally like 15, 20 yards <laughs> offshore. This thing is at least 10 foot long. Oh, it's like it's the about, biggest room, dude. It's about as wide as this table. It's, oh, it's huge. It's big under, you know, this fin going by, and you could you could see the body. I'm like, holy cow. Was it a great white or was it? A- it was either a great white or a tiger. We don't uh, know which. It was one of the that's two. That's crazy. But anyway, tell him what else happened, though, no, why, why he was out there. Oh, so then we're out there. These, there was a there was a bunch of dolphins out there, you know. And usually they say sharks don't go by dolphins, but you know this one was looking for the dead one. Apparently, must have been able to smell it. In right. Or anyway, this lady comes swimming. She's swimming in right in line, dude. And we're, we're, right in line with the just, shark. We're just like this. You know, I'm I'm out there. I'm just taking pictures. He's got a GoPro. I've got going, a GoPro. And oh, I was like, I go, I go, hey, there's a lady swimming out there. They're like, get out of the water. She's like. Shark. Yeah, they're going like this, giving her signals, and all of a sudden, you, finally, she gets it. I mean, literally, dude, she, she was, was going within, right into it. She was probably so, within twenty or thirty yards of this big shark. She would have went right into it, like right but, into it. Okay, so where does she go from here now, though? If straight, she is, shot to the shore. Oh, she, she was, yeah, the, the, she was, was going, on the shore. Oh, she's oh, going like this instead of going. She was she's going fifteen yards out of the shore, twenty yards out, oh, going this okay. way, going Towards parallel the with the and the shark's sitting there, twenty, thirty yards out. Just going back and forth, Circling trying around. to get to this dolphin that's oh. on the shore. So then she got it, and then she came in. Then huh? she came Dude. in. Can you but you know what? Like, but when we went over, so we go over and we're leaving, <clears> and there's like the local Hawaiians there, and they're like, 
what's the big deal? He, they're like, you guys, he goes, I don't know why they're making such a big deal. We said, he goes, we swim with these sharks all the time. He says, there's always sharks in the water. They're always here. They live there. We're just visiting. Yeah, I got a no and water goes, policy in the ocean. He goes, <laughs> he goes, as long as it's not dusk or dawn in murky water, he says, sharks leave in blood. Yeah. He said, "No, but there was blood. Said, just, the dolphin was dead. You don't go in yeah. dusk and dawn, and you don't go in murky water." They said, "You'll you'll be fine." He said, mm-hmm. "You can swim with them." I'm like, "I ain't swimming with that dude." <laughs> no, okay. That's a big I wish I could have saw him. Oh man, yeah, they're so fast. I was thinking about that while I was, I was trying to get him on the I'm GoPro. Like, I'm gonna see one just go by, and I'm gonna like get like real nervous. Well, the one guy was snorkeling. The two people, the one that said, you know, it looked like Jaws. He was snorkeling. And that thing swam right under him. Yeah, that's see, when he first saw it. He goes, "Oh my god!" Yeah, it's creepy. Yeah, yeah. No, see, that would really make me nervous. If I was saw it go under me, like we went to like, Myrtle Beach, you know, yeah. I, I would have thought the first thing I thought of it. I movie, went to Myrtle Beach in like, spring boom. break, and I just I think I went ankle deep in the ocean. That was about as far. Yeah, as that's I what Michael did too. And he stepped on a stingray. Remember? God, see, what's <laughs> so that? I didn't want to. That's worse. I didn't want to tell. I didn't want to tell Shannon or Karen oh, yeah. anybody when we were there because they would never even go in the water again. Right. I didn't want to yeah. ruin it for everybody. Dude, it was fresh water. That's all I. That's my motto. Dude, I'll look at the ocean, but. No, I didn't maybe see a shark, on a boat. There's some oh, you would love it. Yeah, I didn't see a single shark. It's, I didn't see anything that and, would hurt And me. even if you see them, they're not going to attack you. Maybe. Why didn't you go in there? <laughs> if you're a surfer, <laughs> you're getting smoked. <laughs> you do think about it. People could do it every day. It'd be like being struck by lightning. It's the yeah, same but, concept. You, know, so you get those little waves of like attacks that you most see. Most attacks right? you hear, though, what I'm suggesting is surfers, most and is surfers are people who are swimming farther out. They're not like right on the shore. They're like out 40 yards, 50 yards out. Going across. Yeah, but they said, they said too. It's but he just said, gave us the dusk said, to dawn rule. It's no, that too. Murky water. He said he said don't go in when it's dark. Don't go in when it's. I'm just murky. saying the no, water we're in. There's a lot of people in there. Right. I don't think that's the issue. I think the issue is when you're out by yourself, right? Oh, for swimming. Sure. You know, but I don't know. I'm not a freaking Who shark knows? expert. Who you cares? Anyway, you could get hit by light. You could get hit by lightning too, on a clear blue sky. <laughs> lightning seems like a better way to go, though. I don't know. Why. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> Actually, there was a guy who talked about. I don't know what I was watching, but he got hit by a shark, and he. Um, hit by a great white, and I don't remember where I heard this or saw the story. He was swimming across the ocean. I think it was in Hawaii or South, uh, maybe it was South Africa, one of the two. I know they're both got shark issues. He was swimming, and he got hit, and he didn't know what happened. He said it felt like someone hit him with a two-by-four across the back, mm-hmm. but basically what really happens, you swim, and the shark hit him. It came on like this, and his teeth marks went from here all the way down to behind his butt. That's how big the shark was. Rattled wow. him, pushed him up out of the water. He went flying up out of the water. It bit him, and then he fell, and then they somehow got him out. He he lived, but he you wow. know he didn't die because he didn't hit any major artery somehow or yeah. any artery or you know. Mm-hmm. Anyway, but the point was, it's so powerful. You know, my point is, you said like, oh, I don't know why are we talking about this. This is <laughs> totally not a good area. We're talking Hawaii. Anyway, sharks. don't worry about sharks in Hawaii. Enjoy yourself. Um, but that's your problem. From if you the do boat. deal with the shark, I'm not dealing with it. Nice. All right, we'll see you guys next time on the podcast. Thanks for watching, and uh, take care. We'll see you. Celebrating the rich tradition of bow hunting for over 31 years, Vanguard is proud to be the official optic and hunting pack of Bowhunter Planet. Thanks so much for listening to the Bowhunter Planet podcast online at bowhunterplanet.com with your host, Team BHP. Check us out on Facebook at Bowhunter Planet. We'll catch you next time.
need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.